Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And honestly, I can't, I don't even remember how to do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like talking to a mic is weird. And also the fact that we don't have anybody like shooting stuff back at us. Bless you. They don't wow. like, because that um, was hazardous in itself, <laughs> me sneezing in the space. Because, um, you know, doing a live, like while we're introducing ourselves, people would be saying stuff, like dropping emoji and stuff. None of that. It's just us again. It's just us again. And just that's so strange. Two of us. That is so funny, but yeah, we um we took some time off because of Miss Corona came and did uh, the Watusi on the entire world, so we all had to kind of. Ow! That's what you get. Why the fuck would you be picking with that cat? I do that to Rocco. He just like he like cats are very I much different. different. Cats are different. She gonna put her her ankle over the cat mouth and he bit the shit out of her. I my heel. <laughs> That's petty that he bit your heel. What's so not he, he held it. He held he my held ankle. It bit down on my heel. He, he coming back for round two. Anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> yes, the pandemic is what caused us to just stop uh, recording because we all had to do space and we didn't want to sacrifice our sound quality. Like we tried to get like cool. We did a whole episode on Skype that we never uploaded, never figured out how to get. Yeah. <laughs> just was crazy. But we were doing the live shows, staying connected with everyone. Um, Shouts to the people who stay connected there and yeah it's just been a fucking whirlwind of three months we are tired <laughs> we're just so tired beat down beat down but still happy like i'm i'm just happy to be back though like this is something that i never not enjoyed but mm-hmm. just kind of being away from it made me be like damn like, yeah because in the studio i because it's, it's crazy because at first like starting it off i know free person me personally it was hard talking into the mic because it felt weird. And then I got used to it. So then talking, like, actually, I feel like talking on the camera kind of got a bit easier, but it mm-hmm. still was like, I feel like I'm meant to talk behind the mic personally. It was good practice, though, like being on it's camera and stuff like practice. that and just knowing that we can do And it, it helped you kick off. With my YouTube. YouTube. Yes, yes. It helped me kick off my YouTube and just feel more comfortable there because... I just felt like weird talking, and then I heard people asking me questions. I'm like, I might as well do the YouTube. Yeah. That's currently on hold because everything's going on because mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable pushing that content out. But still, it's really great. But um, yeah, I get it's safe to say we're back to normal. Uh, this is gonna sound really dark. Assuming we all stay healthy. <laughs> Very true. Because COVID is still lurking in the shadows and i hope that we all stay healthy we've been practicing our social distancing um even as philly moves to the yellow phase where we some of our restrictions are loosened we still are just hoping that none of us um get sick so Mm -hmm. as long as we don't get sick we will be on this microphone yes wish we could say we were hopping right back into what we were before march 2020 but that would be very very one insensitive um two just tone deaf mm-hmm. <laughs> three this is black girl brunch for a reason because our black identities come before anything else yes it does and so for that reason today is just going to be in order of all the crazy shit that's happening the two things that are killing black people at a higher rate than any other people one uh covet two white supremacy yes so that's what this show is going to be about Surprise. Um, if you feel like you're not in a space to listen 
to any more information about the Black Lives Matter movement. So I, like, we get it, because it has been overload. But this is your time to turn this off, because the rest of the show is kind of going to be about that. Unless you white, keep listening. Yeah, if you white, you don't you don't get a mental break. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Sit your ass down. Because today, today was supposed to be my mental break, but I still was doing stuff. People were still sending me messages. And the thing is, I, yes, it's very important for like us to take mental break. But if people are relying messages to me that I have like a bigger audience too I'm going to relay that message exactly. like I, it is it is my civic duty to do so right so today was supposed to be my break day and I still was you know doing stuff and um communicating with people because like we were saying um everybody first of all a lot of us are not I know me right now personally I'm on pay leave um a lot of people are working from home. Some people don't have jobs. So in this um, revolution that's happening right now, I feel like everybody needs to assign themselves mm. to something. I know that for me, you know, I in uh, the past I've had a glass bottle thrown at my face. So I am very, I have like, you know, PTSD when it comes to stuff like with my face. So when, since um, the uh, front lines are getting, as they increasingly get more violent because of the police. Um, I, you know, am kind of stepping back. Maybe I will go back out, you know, and protest. Mm -hmm. I probably will um, because um, if you haven't ever been to a protest or haven't been to the recent ones, sometimes it's split up. Like, we did our thing in the daytime, but we knew the people at night that was going to fuck shit up, they was going to mm -hmm. fuck it up, and we left, and we let them fuck shit up. And you know what? Power to them. Because um, everybody is valuable in the revolution. But I personally, and I know Iman personally, have assigned ourselves to resource sharers. Yes, yes, as uh, we are in the front I'm a desk. resource sharer. We are the secretaries of the revolution. Exactly. Please hold. That's yeah. who I am. <laughs> exactly. I am. Let me link you. Yep, exactly. And, and donators. Yes, yes, donators. Donators. And what I want to start doing is challenging myself, like, to do things like I have a car and I'm like, what kind of runs can I make like with my car? Like, yeah, true. How can I get things to people? Like you were talking about packing supplies for people. So there's, there's everybody can't be on the front lines really. So it's like, if you are that person, like you can't, like you got a health issue, you know, you're at risk because again, Corona is still again, beating, beating her chest. Like mighty Joe young, you, you really should stay out the way and find another way to support but yes like let's just get into this show um first we can't like just skip into like why like th there's so many layers to why what's happening is crazy mm -hmm. because it's not just like the death of yet an another group of unarmed you know black people but we also have a global pandemic you know mm -hmm. we enter march and this was all just like radiating like we hear about this crazy illness going on in china we hear about it and it's like oh wow shit i hope they get that under control and it's becoming very clear that this is fucking with everybody and just the shock of watching that go from all around the world was so so stressful that when i talk about it I still can't believe it happened. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Um, cause it started, I believe it's called Wuhan, yeah. um, China, and I remember hearing about it, and I was at work, and like, we were just at the day, like two days before my job, like really shut down, shut down. We were cleaning so much in my job that like people, we were getting sick from the fumes mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and I'm just, and I was thinking like. 
I don't know how we're going to keep up with this because we, first of all, my store, well, this is before the social distancing thing came out. I was like, oh, this cleaning, my store, we don't have a bathroom. We have to use the other bathroom. The bathroom, we have to yell at them because they wasn't cleaning Yo, the bathroom. You know that bathroom be it filthy. Just, so at the mall, it just was so much going on. We was getting emails from the, like, district manager saying, like, if even if you have to leave the store to wash your hands, please wash your hands. It was... It was getting crazy with hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, and that was like that was the like very beginning that of was it. The, but and it was like you know how some like it started off like mo- month by month of like a little bit of news, and then it was like day by day by day by day things were getting more extremist mm-hmm. at one point. And I'm used to being overly paranoid about things. Like I'm used to being a person who fears for shit like this, and it never happens. So when I was like. People were telling me, like, yo, collect all the goods you can. I was going to the supermarket one day every, what like, every day during one week, just getting shit like rice and oatmeal and supplies and paper towel and just, like, not on some shit like hoarding it, but just responsibly hitting up different markets and getting enough supplies so that if me and my, like, if things went on martial law type of shit, and people were, like, forcing us to be in, or if this was a conspiracy and it was, like, Donald Trump trying to take advantage, I had enough goods in my house to, like, get by. Mm-hmm. But when it first happened and just being alone for that long, like, that was so scary for me. Because even though I am a, a more of an introverted person where after a while I do like to just shut shit down, I like to shut shit down with other people. Yeah, I like to relax with you. I like yeah, because I was about to say, I'm like, damn, no sleepover? But yeah, I, at first... You know, I was like, quarantine is going to be just everybody chilling in the house, not around a lot of people. And then it started becoming clear. It's like, no, you can't see anyone. Yeah. And then to see the, the deaths before the curve flattened was one of the scariest things I ever, you know, witnessed. Because it was a 14-day period where none of us knew we actually had came in contact with somebody with it or not. Yeah. And, of course, there was this before the mask thing, you know, it was just like, Every time I see somebody in the market, please stay far, far, far away from me. And it makes you wonder, like, how social experiences are going to be after this. Like, personally, I don't mind people staying at six feet away from me in the market at all times. I really don't mind that at all. That's wonderful. I actually love it. I love that piece of plastic in front of the cashier. I love that because I think that that's how germs spread at a faster rate anyway. So just, like, kind of giving them some space and putting a barrier between, like, customer and cashier. Like, as a cashier, I think I would appreciate that. Yeah. when I was one. Same. And also, like, because before everything, first of all, at, before this, I had got, like, sick because I had, like, something, stomach virus, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was already sick. So I'm like, damn, I, I was feeling fine. I was on my way to New York. And then they're like, um, absolutely not. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> um, but I was wearing masks before the CDC said to. And me personally, I feel comfortable. Now, even though, like, now as it gets hotter, it's like, damn, we got to wear these fucking masks. I don't mind if I have to continue wearing a mask. Um, I do very much mind. I hate the mask more than anything. It is annoying, at but, like, I don't know. For some reason, it just makes me feel like. You like, like stuff uh, like this. You like it's a, you like accessories. It's a, it's, I just feel like, okay, nobody can, like, it's my space. 
I hate like the mask. It makes me feel suffocated. It irritates my face. Most now days. the the clothes, my ears. I was fine with the um like the the medical ones because we always have those in my house. But like those, but like the cloth ones, I could definitely see those. That when they started busting out the cloth ones, that's when I was like, I just don't want my nose covered. Like I have a hard enough time breathing anyway. Yeah. So it's like why I just don't. And it's hot as fuck now. Yeah, that's what I'm so. saying. Now I was definitely cool in the, um when it was cooler, but now it's hot. That's a no for me, dog. But, yeah, so that just was it. Like, I can't even, I want to run down what I did during quarantine, but, number one, I just feel like that's been talked about so many times. Everyone's yeah. tired of hearing about you baking bread. Everybody's tired of hearing about you, you know, <laughs> going walking more. Like, it's just we all been doing the same yeah. shit. Like, nobody has been doing anything other than trying to just keep shit from cracking. So, like, that's that's just that's just it. But like we were saying earlier, wow. Of course, coronavirus is hitting people, black people, at a higher rate, like you said, because they're essential workers, mm-hmm. because we're mostly on the front lines, because sometimes our space doesn't allow for us to exactly. social distance. And a lot of, myself included, black people, work places where they might not have cars, so they can't walk to. So, like, a lot of, because, like, when I was um, <clears throat> in a car and um we were going to, uh, me and my dad was going to Wegmans, and I was looking at the bus that I usually get on, and I was seeing basically just black people on there working all the way out in the suburbs. Yeah, and they have to, like, get to work, and it's like all these people out of work, you don't want to feel not grateful for your jobs when it's like an economic crisis Mm -hmm. happening. But, yes, this is harming, COVID is harming black people at a high rate. But then you have another disease that has been around for a long time that decided to turn up at the same time, and that disease is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to get into all their stories because, you know, by this point, we all do know them, and we don't, like, I don't know if it's like this for everybody else, but I just don't like talking about it. Like, I recognize it's important to to be educated and to know what happened, but once you know what happened, you don't want to keep talking about it. Yeah, I, like, I definitely I feel, don't. I feel like people, like, and I'm sorry, this is no offense to anyone, but there are certain people who keep sending me videos of, like, protesters screaming and crying, and it's like, thank you, but I can't take any more of it. Like, you, if I got 10 people sending me the same videos of just rage mentally, how am I supposed to be okay? Like, mm-hmm. please, let's just, like, let's all relax with, like, some of the, and I don't mean you, because I feel like you're sending me a diverse mix of content to kind of keep me educated about what's going on. But some people, it's just, like, this is a talent show for them. Yeah. Like, this, they're watching reality TV. No, you're just watching reality on TV. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what you're watching. But anyway, um, from Ahmad uh, to Breonna Taylor to um, Tony, sorry, I'm looking at my notepad here because I don't want to forget anything. Yes, from Tony McDay to George Floyd. But I, wait, I missed something. The central, uh, we missed uh, Amy Cooper. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because yes, that yes, was yes, honestly yes. one of the first things that happened. That that is something that kicked kicked it off. So, and I don't know. Everybody should have seen it by now. This white woman, um, it's a, a black man recording this white woman screaming at him in Central Park. All he asked her. So first of all, this man was. Um, I think they call him like watch watchers or birders, something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a bird watcher. He's a bird watcher. Yeah. Which is such an innocent. such an innocent thing to do especially as an adult I think that is so like adorable Mm -hmm. like a black man just watching birds like I just I love it yeah so this 
crazy ass white woman. He asked her to put a leash on her dog because they were in Central Park. In certain parts of Central Park, you have to have your dog on leashes. And she flipped out. Mm-hmm. She called the police. She was choking the shit out her dog. She was choking the fuck out that dog. And then she said, "There is a black man." harassing me in Central Park. She was hysterical, crying, screaming, while he wasn't doing anything, was staring at her. And she's like, pretty much saying he's trying to harm me, hurry up, get here, all while he was doing absolutely nothing. And that was so important to see. Exactly, because first of all, um, the history of black people in Central Park, the Exonerated Five, Mm -hmm. and the history of black men and white women, Emmett too, Exactly. All these things married together. Um, And the fact that um, white women can be just as dangerous as um, white men, Mm -hmm. if not more More harmful, because they can lean on femininity. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, you're going to believe a hysterical, you know, white woman. They're victims. Um, They're all, because white women are also seen as, like, you know, very docile, very, um, uh, like, you know, they're pure, yeah, pure victims, the, um, save them. They didn't mean it. They don't know. Damsel in distress. Damsel in distress, like on some Snow White, Rapunzel, Sleeping Beauty shit. Mm-hmm. But I really love seeing how this woman who claims to be a liberal say, say that she doesn't know what she's doing. But that illustrates that white women absolutely know the harm they can do when they pretend like they're in danger. Exactly. And that is also how a lot of liberals... Mm-hmm. behave as well Period. that's how a lot of liberals behave and they try to hide behind that liberal thing like oh i'm not this i'm not that it's like but at the end of the day you could have got that man killed and that's what she wanted you wanted that because he he asked you to follow a rule you wanted him to possibly be harmed because you use that privilege of you being able to like you know get empathy from people and you lied too because he wasn't harassing you you weren't afraid for your life but it shows that they know exactly what the fuck they're doing because sometimes i do wonder like do these white women just really feel sorry for themselves you know what i mean like do they really think someone's trying to harm them when they're not that's a perfect example of it's like i know you're not but i'm going to say it anyway because that way you know i can I can teach you not to talk to me, mm-hmm. not to check me, not tell me me as a white woman what to do, and I get to do what I want. Mm-hmm. So fuck her. Um, I'm so happy she got fired from her job. Uh, she's going on an apology tour. She can apologize to these nuts, um, <laughs> and that's that Period. on that. Like, don't nobody want your apology. Fuck you. Because then what happened after this, as I was getting into before, with Ahmad and Tony and Brianna and George, you know what I mean? We see where that can lead. These wrong encounters with white people, these wrong encounters with the police and how dangerous they are to our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, or even non-black people of color. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you're just dangerous. And you're playing on these dangerous stereotypes that are already um, in a lot of police officers' mind. They hear that a black man is trying to attack you. They're going to... At least believe it halfway because mm-hmm. who fucking says that hysterically? Like, who says that? Yeah, and it's all you have to say is like a black person is doing, you know, XYZ. Like, the that fact was that nothing to call the police over. It was Period. absolutely not. The- Somebody told you to put your leash on, on your dog. You don't call the cops for that. 
There was nothing rational she could have said to the cops. I think she started to realize that and was like, rather than to just hang up and be like, you know what, my bad. I was hysterical for a second. She decided to be like, if I'm in it now, I might as well act hysterical. They really are. They really call the cops like it's a hotline. It's customer service for them. It's definitely customer service for them. Yeah, I have a nigger that needs to be escorted out. If anyone could handle that, thank you. Very sick. And also, like, with Amaya Aubrey, how he was just jogging. Doing an activity that is just so so normal, so basic, and the fact that it happened in I believe February, and we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know, and this has nothing to do with the fact that police didn't know. They knew it wasn't until we knew that shit got progressed. Exactly. Like that's just what the problem is, and you know what happened to George Floyd. Like that was like honestly the cherry on top after it was. Even though, like, we, I did find out about Tony McDade after, I feel like the, the George Floyd thing, with that death being on camera and being vocal and being excruciatingly painful, I could not, I couldn't do it. I personally, like, saw a clip and I was like, oh, I'm, this is a person kneeling yeah. on another person's neck. I wouldn't do that to a fucking dog that got shot. I couldn't do it. Like, I always think about that I Am Legend scene when he had to strangle his dog because yeah. his dog got bit. That would be too much for me. Yeah. So to watch Same. another human being put their body weight on another man and to, to and to break him down, put him in handcuffs to the point where he can't do anything, mm-hmm. he can't defend himself, we hear that. We hear that and we see that. And I think that that flipped a switch in any person's with a fucking heart's mind. And that's when... The chaos started. That's when the, the necessary chaos. Don't get it confused. Um, and I've heard people say that Minnesota is that quiet kid in class that ain't nobody think have hands. Yeah, because I had no idea. That I they know was they got turn it up like that. Yo, if there's anyone in Minnesota that listens, why ain't y'all tell us that y'all be turning the fuck up out there like that? I had no clue. I had no, and you I didn't know there was that no many mi- black people there. I knew that there was a large, uh, like Somali. I, well, actually, yeah. Asper, I knew it was a lot, a large Somali um, community. I didn't know that, but I thought it was like in a section where yeah, it was just like, like like almost like in DC and like certain yeah, pockets yeah. of Maryland. Same with Philly. Like there's like little like. I think everywhere in the country, there are certain um, ethnicities that are highly populated in certain areas. So you think you associate the, like, okay, yeah, there's a large Somali community in Minnesota, but you don't really think that it's enough to call, like, for this outrage to click this much, right? So that was just, like, absolutely insane to me to see. But I did not know they turned up in Minnesota like that, and I'm so fucking happy they did. Because when they got the ball rolling, that's when... Everybody else realized, like, absolutely. Everything you guys are doing is necessary because how many times has this happened? This has happened so many times that we got a playbook for how things will go. Exactly. We, we know that somebody gets murdered. We know that the the the, the, the um, videotape hits social media. We know that they get on either suspended leave or now they're escalating to firing them. Woohoo! Okay, great. It takes or death duty. Right. It takes uh, weeks for them to either even get arrested if they do get arrested. Uh, we protest peacefully. It gets a little bit of news coverage, and then that person gets you know let off. We get some solidarity from some celebrities and some outrage. 
and then we're back to waiting for it to be us again. Mm-hmm. Next time, will it be me? Will it be Sabria? Will it be my brother? Will it be my cousin? But that is the life cycle of murdered black people in this country, especially by police. So at some point, I knew in my heart, people are going to get the fuck tired because mm-hmm. I am I don't know how much more of this I can take I'm, I'm thinking thoughts that are way more negative and nasty than my typical thought process and I know I'm not alone people are tired and also it didn't help it doesn't help because you know so many people are out of work mm-hmm. um and you know um capitalism is at an all-time high fucking jeff bozo is about to be a fucking trillionaire which is violence in itself so people are just thinking all of these things and i know for me personally being home a lot in court and like i'm somebody that like i have so much stuff and like being in my room and stuff and just looking at all the stuff that i have and i'm like some of this stuff like this shit don't even fucking matter and like people just like thinking about that and they're like you know what fuck this and like Existentially, you're questioning. Existentially, we're all questioning the world we lived in before. Exactly. So this is definitely the tip of the iceberg. And even before this kicked off with the, um, you know, with coronavirus um, happening uh, and how to see how certain companies, you know, uh, treated their employees and how they did certain things, um, we were thinking to ourselves that, like, you know, after this, things cannot go back the same. No, no, no um, normal. No back to normal. There's no, definitely no back to normal. Like, this rethinking, like, you know, how people work in general. Like, um, for, um, I can't really say anything because my job, I don't want to obviously ever, like, you know, say, like, where I work, whatever, but through this whole shit, they have been fucking phenomenal fucking phenomenal even with you know the protesters and all stuff they have donated a shitload of money they are helping with bailout funds they have done a fucking phenomenal job but um i you know for instance and i know like myself and other people have worked in retail like we never had weekends all right so when this for me um i was quarantined i said this on uh the black girl brunch live i was quarantined two weeks before everybody because again my job has been fucking phenomenal they shut everything down they said no before the mall even did Be- it. before before anything they shut before my job down. before Iman's job they shut everything the fuck down so um i had a little weekend off because i had already requested that weekend off and then the next weekend after that i'm like this is fucking weird. Like, I'm not used to having, mm-hmm. like, you know, weekends off. And I feel like um, it's just the structure of work needed to change. It's so many things that needed to change. Yeah, so many things needed to change. And and also, you're always afraid to just, before the, all this pandemic stuff happened, you were always afraid that if you took a break, the world would keep going. And then when you came back to the, the world would have progressed while you were taking that one week off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It always would be us taking breaks at different times when in actuality, as much as I hate how many people have died and have suffered at the hands of COVID, I hated that this needed to be the thing that paused us. But I love that when I t- when, while I was quarantining, somebody in Italy was quarantining too. Yep. I love that I felt like I could truly, truly take a break because there was nothing better to do. 
So you paired this new mindset, this new perspective about how we can't go back to normal, and then you have some of that shit happening again, people are like, absolutely the fuck not. Mm -hmm. And I don't blame them at all. Exactly. And also, like, this quote that I sent email earlier um, by um, somebody that I mutuals with, uh, I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Um, Her name is uh, Safia uh, Halana Farah. Um, who is, um, shout out to her because she is in Minnesota right now experiencing all this stuff. But um, she tweeted, if you are a woman of color, divorce your personhood from your career. And for me, um, not even like the job that I do, like for my career in the long run, it's a lot of things that I have, you know, not wanted to be as radical as I am about because fear for um, tarnishing my career um, that's not even started yet. But the thing is, um, you can never truly have change unless people risk something right you have to risk something every person there has is to a, risk something because right now there are people risking their lives even us with just spreading information for people that is risking our lives right right now and you have to risk something and get uncomfortable in order for something to change yeah, no, that's so fucking true. And I think some people think that the only people who should risk something are protesters. No, every one of us. Everybody. And if you choose to sit down in your home and not do anything, that doesn't mean you still don't have to risk something for freedom. And that's why, I I mean, we'll get into that later with, like, quote-unquote looting and everything else, but everyone has to risk something. And I'm just on that type of time at this point. But, you know, just to go back to, like, your personhood and your organization, this has taught me a lot because, like, Everyone knows that I love my job. I love working with the community. I love working with young people. But because of capitalism, I do feel pressure sometimes to be like, well, damn, I was making so much more money when I was working in corporations. Like, I was making so much more money. The perks were this. The perks were that. But my my conscience won't let me go back to that type of work because I know that I how I felt when I when I did it but this you know I'm working in an organization where me and my girlfriend we wrote a statement on behalf of our organization that was one of the most uh, hold on cat get away from me move <laughs> Sorry, because you're not biting me my heel like you bit Sabria. But, you know, I, I, um, I like wrote one of the most radical things I had ever written in my life. And my boss looked at it and said, make it more radical. <laughs> my boss was like, no, say name, name what's happening. We don't give a fuck about people's comfort. And like for me, a fire sign, like you're like, oh, you want more smoke. Like, I love that. Let's get it. You know, let's get it. And I I. Fast, unfortunately, I have to go back to the last time, you know, a police officer uh, shot a black man. You know, when we were doing like the Mike Brown thing, I remember I was scared to post stuff on social media because of my job and being like people are going to look at me like I'm too political, I'm too radical. And it's just like I'm so happy that one, the world is in a different place, but two, I'm in a different place and I can never work at a company again where I can't be myself. I can't say I don't like when people who look like me are murdered for absolutely no reason. So definitely divorce your personhood from your career. Like just let those two things go different mm-hmm. um also want to take a little bit of time to talk about how sabria and i 
did participate um, in the Black Lives Matter Philly uh, protest and just kind of take a little bit of time to get into that, like what made us decide to do it. Like, honestly, I decided to do it because you did, because I was really still nervous about COVID um, and the fact that, like, I'm like, I, I have contact with, like, my mom who's high risk. I have contact with my grandma. Uh, my little brother graduates. Like, if I do this, like, I don't, I know I'm going to have to be really strict on myself Um I'm going to have to be really strict on myself and maybe not see my family for even longer, even though we're entering yellow. Oh, you're calling me? Oh, my God. I'm tripping. But immediately when you said you were going, I decided to... I followed you. That was my reason, (laughs) pretty much. What was your reason? I just felt like I I did not feel comfortable um, sitting home. And I was like, I need to do something. And what really um, sparked it for me, too, is because I felt like seeing people being black and being a woman, you always have to advocate for Mm -hmm. yourself. So I was thinking about, is there people there that's going to be advocating for me? Yeah. Even other black women, I'm like, are they going to be advocating for me? Because people get caught up in that narrative that that they only killing our black boys. Yeah. And it's like, that's... So I felt like I had no... I I felt like I had no choice. Yeah. When I found out that you were, you know, when you were, like, sending me the events, you know, I was like, I don't really feel well. Like, I don't know if I should do it. And then I woke up in the morning, and I wanted, like I told you, I'm like, I'm riled up. Like, I'm riled up from seeing them burn down this and seeing pe- things burn. And just, I'm like, I got to go, too. Like, one, I don't want you going by yourself. But, two, like, you're right. I'm riled up. Let's fucking go. And when we went down there, you know, of again, We've gone to numerous Black Lives Matter marches because of the death of black people. And in the past, it has been peaceful. It's always been peaceful. It's been little time moments of tension, but it's always been like on some true, like you just march. And I, even when I was standing there and I was like saying, no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. It felt very flat for me. It didn't feel like it was enough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm showing up. But what am I doing? So... It wasn't until we were marching and we realized, again, there was nobody talking about Breonna Taylor. And we started to scream her name that I realized, like, again, we are here to make sure that we're seen because this is not a a death popularity contest. It's not about, like, oh, well, which black person was the meanest the most? No, it's the problem is that we need to not be left out of the narrative, especially when we are the organizers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're the ones that are on the front lines for black men and ourselves. What would I look like not saying a black girl's name? Because yeah. her life mattered. Exactly. Her life mattered. That girl was born in 1993. She was a year younger than me. You think I'm not going to say her name? She looked like she could have been your sister, my cousin. Yep. Like, what the fuck? I'm going to go and I'm going to show up and I'm going to show out. So the march was, you know, it was, I'm, we're feeling exhilarated. We're feeling powerful. We get to a point where, like, cop cars are blocking us. Can't go straight forward. Can't go to the right. The only way to turn is backwards. So I figured we would start marching to another place. But at that point, I started realizing people came here to fight. <laughs> people came to fight. It's like when you and your cousins walk to somebody's house and be like, oh, I heard y'all want to fight. That's how the protesters was to the cops. Yeah. And we put a little space between us and them because, for me, I, you know, crowds are scary, but especially when the coronavirus are around. So we were just trying to be conscious of trying to protest a safety 
as safely as possible. A lot of people were being respectful of space. Everyone, like I would say, ninety eight percent of people had, had masks on. Mask on. I would say, not, and I think the only people who didn't have masks were people who were like talking, yeah. like on the thing. So yeah, but you know, we. I think this, like, I don't mean to sound like a bitch because I know people are out here really going through a lot. But from if we're talking about my experiences, one of the scariest things. I have ever seen was me just standing there looking and then see a wave of people start running at me. Yeah, that was so crazy. And we were like, what? I didn't, ex- I, I, I said, I know they popping off in other cities, but I came here expecting Philly to just be peaceful. I really yeah, did. Yeah, I didn't know what the, what, what it was going to be like in Philly. Cause also like, so the, the Philly PD is very weird because like, I have said this before, like, I've seen the Philly PD, like, be talked to drug dealers on the block or, like, the drug dealers telling them, like, you know, get off the block or, like, whatever, like, something like that. Like, they just, like, was, to me, in my eyes, they was vicious. Mm-hmm. And they wasn't in there fucking lazy. Like, there's times that I had to report shit, unfortunately, to cops and they and follow through. We fucking, a few years ago, had to call them, um, I think the fucking 13th district um, because we, with our fucking own eyes, witnessed a drunk driver. Oh, yeah. And we called the police and the fucking police officer tried to act like we was the fucking drunk drivers. I, I had more, I was more interested in cracking the case than he was. Did not give a fuck. I ran down, the, and I'm like, yo, I ran We down. had the fucking license plate, the fucking model, the make of the car, everything you fucking need. To fucking get descriptions somebody. of the individuals, exactly. uh, the house that they were going into, exactly, and they caused so much damage. And I was like, "Yo, somebody gonna wake up in the morning and they car gonna be the fuck t- total." And I know that I know who did it, and I'm trying to get some justice so that they, they don't lie had, and say no witnesses. And also the fact that he could have hurt us because he did back up the car. He he, he bumped me. Yep. Yeah. So we tried to you know the fucking you know serve and protect, um, but. They were so fucking lazy. So I'm thinking, I'm like the Philly PD, like, I don't know, like, if they going. And it's crazy because, so it was two times we had to run. Was it two or three? It was like three times. Three times we had to run. It was like, so, it was so like. everybody started, I didn't, we didn't see anything, but everybody started running. So then we started running. And then we paused. And then somebody was like, run again. And then we paused again. So then we finally got to gather our bearings. I'm fucking talking. And I'm like. I know this is ridiculous to say, but I feel like they don't have tear gas here. I was like, I don't know why. They don't have tear gas. Even I was like, I think they do. We fucking look up. What the fuck did they have? Tear gas. They fucking tear gas. Tear gas us. And and we were, like, you know, thank goodness we were farther away. Yeah. So we didn't, but where they tear the gas at, we were literally right there we a few moments it. ago. We, yeah, we. the thing is, had we not did what we knew was best, which is put space in front of us, we would have got fucking tear gas. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to tell this story like, no, oh, I, well, I just can't believe it. It's and that's why I say these people thing. who are in the fucking trenches are brave. Like, y'all, they are brave. Is it? Because, like, I was fucking, because, like, I was trying my best to up, because, you know, Obviously, I have a lot of people that follow me that live in Philly, and I have, like, mutuals, um, friends in Philly, and I'm trying to, like, type stuff in my fucking... And I'm not somebody that shakes, but I was, like, fucking trying to update everybody and fucking shaking, and then we saw 
the two um like school buses whatever they call them the um charter buses that they take people police to jail police charter buses yeah police charter buses there was two of them they had that shit so fast i mean yeah. granted that we live well not we we don't live but where we were it's close to the navy yard so that's probably where they had all that bullshit. But they came so fucking fast. Yeah. And they came fucking faster than when I was a fucking teenager walking with one of my best friends and we was being followed by a man mm-hmm. because we were eating ice cream. We were, it was me and, you know, yeah. we were eating ice cream and this man followed us home and I had to run in my house and, um, like, you know, almost break down my own door because I was scared trying to get the key in. Um, they came faster to that protest to lock people when up. when I was in actual fucking harm's when way. When I was in fucking harm's way. Like, that was so scary. And the fact that I live close to a police district. Mm-hmm. I live so fucking close to a police district. And I was a teenager panicking, thinking that they could help me. And when they finally came, the man was gone. And when I was telling them and explaining them what happened, they were like, "No fucks, no fucks care. were given." And no, I just, I just re- really keep thinking about it because, like, I've never had to really run from my life before. Yeah, you no, know, real like shit. usually when you run, it's because like you see some. But when you're running for your life, you're afraid of getting trampled. You're afraid of getting separated. You're afraid of getting tear gas. So it was just really, really a crazy experience and. Also, like, even when we, like, ran, like, a block away and went around the corner, I still didn't feel safe. Like, I don't know if you noticed. I was like, yo, so what we doing next? Like, what yeah. we doing next? Because we only, you saw we were putting that space between us before, and look how quickly that the space we put wasn't even enough room anymore. So I don't feel safe anywhere near here. They are about to turn up. And then you did start seeing, like, those anarchists, like, those white type, those white anarchists. Yeah. I was seeing those people on their fucking skateboards with those hats on covering their face. And, uh, listen, I'm not, I don't, I can't process how I feel about every protester right now. Because there's a lot of dimensions to this. And there's a lot of things that I'm questioning and still trying to figure out and still trying to understand and all this chaos. So I'm not even going to go down, like, who's right, who's wrong, who did what, who took it. Man, I can't do that. I really can't do that right now. But just knowing that they wanted, they came to really start some shit and I'm not built for it, I was like, this is time to go home because it is about to get crazy. Even with me, again, thinking that, it turned out crazier than I could have ever imagined. It turned out crazy than I could ever imagine. You know, um, people tore downtown up, and I'm not fucking mad. I'm just not mad at them. I'm happy a little bit, to be honest with you, because you, my mom always say that I can show you way better than I can tell you. And also, like, hearing people who, you know, white, rich white people downtown talking about they fear for their child's lives because people are rioting feel down black. there. And I'm just like, maybe you feel black now. Well, why don't you go march? Because the thing is, the revolution cannot, it's not going to be pretty. It's it can't not gonna be. be. Pretty. It's you not going to be pretty. And if you didn't have shit to say when black kids were afraid going to school every single day and they fear for their life, then why the fuck should I care about Emily B or whatever your child's name is? 
Why should I give a goddamn about y'all? Because that's the I feel like that's the problem with people. Like they're okay with quiet violence. They're mm-hmm. not okay with loud violence. And they're not okay with revenge. But they love to watch fucking Game of Thrones it's, and it's Harry every- Potter and Star Wars and all these heavy plots that represent exactly rebellion. What, <laughs> rebellion and exactly what black people go through. It's like you understand when it's the bug's life, but you don't understand when it's the community and it's the people who who not I'm not going to say black people serve you, but they're the people who make the community what it is. Mm-hmm. They're the people who make Philly what it is, the backbone of Philly and the country, like outside of just our area. The fucking world. and The world. And that's why I know I am reached a whole nother level of tired because I know people who personally got their property damaged, and I don't care. And my mom was like, well, what if they damage your car? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care because I get it. I'm not saying I want you to go fucking bash the window out of my car out, but I understand that just like they kill kids sometimes with those drones over in the Middle East. Hello? Okay, and everybody can rationalize that that's just collateral damage. Hello? My car might be collateral damage exactly. to something that's going to better serve me and save my life. Exactly. And that's how I know a lot of y'all are bitches for real. Because everybody, I would have been a Black Panther back in the day. <laughs> I would have been, first of all, you got less to lose now and you still won't even fucking repost. You won't even pre-post nothing, but you was going to be Angela Davis willing to get arrested back in the 70s when social media and stuff wasn't there? Exactly, because because of social media, people was donating so much fucking money to the Louisiana uh, bailout fund that they shut it down because they was releasing so many people so fast that they shut it down so people couldn't donate anymore. Exactly. Because of social media. Because of social media. As soon as I saw that when I got home and I found the bailout fund for Philly, because first of all, even before I got home, when I saw those um, charter buses, I was like, where the fuck is the bailout fund? Because they're trying. And when I got home, that's when I donated. Before that, I donated to the, the Minnesota one. Because I'm like, they are arresting these people. And if they have, a, first of all, I didn't even know that bailout fund that thing existed before this. Um, and because of social media, um, people are like writing down the numbers on their hands um, that like the numbers to call in case they get arrested and stuff like that. And it's like, you said, some of y'all don't even want to repost that shit. Y'all don't want to repost it. Y'all want to talk about looting. And, you know, that Saturday night was downtown was struck. And I think most people were very much okay with downtown because that's where, one, most of the rich people yeah. are. Two, a lot of the luxury stores are. A lot of the big corporations. A lot of the people who might be willing to turn their cheek to what's going on and people got to hit you in your pocket in order for you to pay attention in Mm -hmm. this country but on sunday what happened was like people in the neighborhoods like in the hood hood start hitting up family dollar and start fucking up their local shop right and stuff like that and i'm like a lot of people were like well damn why you robbing your own neighborhood like why you like if you're going to do something go out to the suburbs and fuck them up like go to King Oppression Mall and stuff like that and like I said I'm still processing like I don't necessarily understand why they did it but I also can understand how you're getting you're seeing all these in this energy you're seeing these stores day in day out that you give your money to but don't give anything back to you and I can I can understand also that is our neighborhood but that is not ours that's our neighborhood and that's 
not us. So it, you know what? People had to pay for that, unfortunately, because like, yeah, old people could not get their medicine from the pharmacies. Uh, a lot of people with babies, they didn't have no place to get diapers. The supermarkets are closed, and we all know the hoods are, you know, um, food deserts. But you also have to understand the rationality of a person who is furious. There is no rationality. Every again, like just watch the Joker. You know what? Like, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner? <laughs> I think that's what's happening in the hood. You got people who have all these issues, and people don't understand what poverty looks like. People think they get it, because even I thought I got it before I worked before I and joined my organization. Poverty is fucking violence. Capitalism is violence. It's violence. People and it's Philly's poverty rate is ridiculous. It's so it ridiculous. is embarrassing. And people are quiet. And they are but now you more... give a fuck about KFC getting looted. You going you gonna go to bat for Popeyes. You gonna go to bat for a fucking family dollar. But you don't go to bat for these people who probably go into their houses a lot of times. And I'm not exaggerating when I say they don't have any food. Do you understand that I talked to people and they went into this pandemic and we had to stay open because people still needed certain certain uh resources and it's getting worse because people are getting you know um i think the word is dis disproportionate um because uh gentrification right. it's getting so bad like i talk about this all the time like before when i was a fucking kid where they have like these blocky ass buildings all we had was dirt lots yep. with a dirty ass mattress yeah on my neighborhood can you picture that no. In my neighborhood now, literally, there was projects at my corner. Across from that, it was projects, and then it was all these crack houses, and then it was a dirt um, lot with a dirty mattress that that's all the kids had to fucking play with Right on my block. So, okay, we wanted to improve, right? Because who wants that to say the same? But why does every time it improves, it fucks us over even more? Where do you think those people from the projects went? You think that they you, they living in the gentrified homes? I have no idea where those people are. But I could tell you where they ain't. They ain't where they used exactly to be. Exactly, because I was looking at, because I want to stay in my neighborhood, and I was looking at an apartment in my neighborhood. The fact that I can't afford you know, these places... Child, that's why they didn't gentrify my hood. And I said, let me get my ass in here before I can't afford it no more. I can't afford to live, to live where I grew up. And Ugh. the fact that I didn't have stuff. We didn't. We only had one dirty ass. Everybody in the hood always had that one dirty ass market that smelled like fucking bloody meat. meat cousins. Yeah, so we only had markets like that growing up. And then when white people, you know, they started building all this shit for college kids. That's when they wanted to give a shit. Like... I have not been eating meat since I was in high school. I had nothing to fucking eat in my neighborhood when yeah. I was when I was a kid. Nothing. But now that it's white people, hip city veg. It, All these like your part of the city got some of the best restaurants in in town. Yeah, and it's only because of them. It's because they wanted to make them feel more comfortable. Yeah, it's like So what? yeah. Burn it the fuck down. B burn it the fuck down. Knock the windows out. I don't give a fuck. And people are like, your taxes are going to go up. And I'm like, I'm again, this is where I'm at. I am so mentally out of practicality. And the thing is. I'm like, they're going to go up regardless. They are going to go up regardless. Go up First regardless. of all, I fuck it. I work in the suburbs. My taxes, they take out my check already high and as shit. And it was just an economic crisis. 
Like, it was just an economic crisis, and the amount that it's going to take to kind of get the city back on track, that's going to be what it's going to be. So I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry that, you know, if you don't have a car, you are affected by this. But this is what we meant from the beginning, that everybody's going to be touched. And you don't get to opt in or opt out, just like I don't get to opt in or opt out of being black. That's just how it is. It's uncomfortable for everybody. And you better thank fucking God that you're at least the only thing that's going on with you is that you can't get to the supermarket versus you got shot in the eye with a rubber bullet because that's what some people are exhibiting. Life is about tough times right now, and you have to be able to weather a storm. Yep. You have to be able to weather a storm. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, 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 I'm going to crack a window uh, uh, of somebody's store, but if you get me mad enough, I know I can do it. So it's like, I'm not going to judge people who are already there because they're, that's not their jobs. They're not the secretaries. Also, they are the enforcers. Look, we like we said before, we have done um uh, peaceful, quote unquote peaceful protests and you know, stuff like that before, but nobody it was just um the news covered it for one day. Then everybody, you know, went along. Whatever. That was it. Um but now everybody's talking about it. It's everywhere. Around Today, the world. Uh all fifty states protest. It's people fucking in countries that America have bombed. Yes. Um, speaking out. And, you know, in support of the violence that uh, police are inflicting on black people. Um, so it's like, if there was, wasn't was all this chaos going on, who it would just be, you know, swept under the rug. Absolutely. So the chaos is necessary. Shouts again to the people who are on the front lines. And, like, shouts to, like, some of the people who are using their privilege and their platform to, like, push this agenda ahead. Like, I know um, we saw a lot of celebrities doing what they had to do. And I, I do appreciate that because, like, the way they get to talk to, like, there's this, I don't know how true this is, but it was, like, this video of a man who was, like, in mental distress and Denzel Washington, and the police, and then Denzel Washington, like, intervened. And the video illustrates that Denzel was pretty much, like, advocating from afar like listen just don't don't harm them he clearly isn't and who knows how that may have turned out and that fucking sucks that shit is like this mm -hmm. but people know that they will be held more accountable by Denzel than what they might be held accountable for if it was just a quote unquote nobody to them because mm -hmm. everybody's somebody but to them if they don't perceive you as anybody then it's like done but also in the same token I am very happy to see celebrity culture disintegrate yeah i'm very happy to see that um fall because um i don't know if anybody else noticed that through all this that we are um exceptionally smarter than them um, exceptionally a They're lot just of them, lucky at this point exactly a lot of them don't even know why things are going on um they don't even get the levels to it it's just like all they see is like oh my god looting like oh my god what are y'all doing like yeah like god or, wouldn't want this like you know you can't fight violence with violence i saw kelly Rowland say that and i'm just like we know kelly Rowland got a good heart but like the fact that you're talking about so you can't fight violence from violence which are, you probably somewhere in central air right now so it's like you need to be quiet even if that's what you believe Period. don't nobody give a fuck okay like don't nobody care and it's a lot of people that we like that are just like yo you dumb as shit like i can't i'm sorry that's stupid that's dumb if like if if you don't want to condone quote unquote looting then you be quiet but don't you dare speak against it because you ain't there and also crying over some fucking bullshit ass 
$2 AliExpress fucking leggings. Who needs it anyway? It's like, come on. But I just had like a list of people who really, I felt like they showed up and showed out. Um, And that's like Don Lemon. Like, J. Cole was out in the streets with people. Tory Lanez was out in the street and he told his counterparts to shut the fuck up. And he's Canadian. I mean, they have racism too. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's Canadian. Shit. I didn't know Tory Lanez was Canadian. I thought he was from L.A. Um, Me too. Meg the Stallion donated the money. She put her money where her mouth is. Rihanna put her money where her mouth is. A lot of celebrities did. We love it. Like she said, pull the fuck up. Um, Ariana Grande was out in these streets. Beyonce and Jay-Z were doing some work like they always do behind the scenes to make big differences. So like it's just like so many people who were like vocal and just like present. Because at this point, being vocal is just like the least you can do. Mm-hmm. Being vocal is like, hey, I give a fuck. I'm or being, you know how you show up to class and say present. Yep, that's what posting something on social media is. Being present is not enough to pass your class. Mm-hmm. You have to participate. You have to engage. So that's all. That's just a participation point. That's on what ten percent of your grade, but the other ninety percent of your grade is going to be what you do. And there are some people who have fucking failed. At like an absolute F and that is damn near every celebrity from Atlanta <laughs> like what the fuck I don't know, know what the fuck the is blackest, going on there you would think one of the blackest cities in this country that's definitely the sunken place and, and you would if somebody would have told me like it's Minneapolis Minnesota right yeah because uh-huh. I cannot say Minneapolis sometimes like because I always want to say Annapolis. Yeah. But anyway, Minneapolis. If somebody had been like, who's going to turn up? Minneapolis versus ATL. Right? And don't get me wrong. ATL definitely sets CNN on fire. So I'm not trying <laughs> to say your bitches. But if you would have been like, who who would have really been the blackest of all black, across the board, blackity black, I'd have been like, T.I. black ass definitely going to. I can't stand his ass, but he loves niggas. So he going <laughs> to definitely, you know, turn up. And the roles have switched. Like, you had these people begging, please don't burn the businesses please and like you said that tweet you sent me said atlanta is llc twitter if it i ain't defi- never seen it before it definitely is like the, all they care about is 800 uh credit score please all they want to do is please the government mm-hmm. but they do loot a lot of them but it's under the table because yes. a lot of the shit they do a lot of them fuck with scammers a lot of them is known for scamming or but, or being murderers ti and like all those up like you really ti literally sat up there and was like don't do this this is kind of this is literally the same place where you your black ass could not get in your gated community because they ain't think you litter Oh, what about the dream pudgy ass talking about some please don't destroy my stuff and fuck up my kids? Bro, you First, really think that I care about you? <laughs> I don't want to say I don't care about your kids, but their future is your business, okay? First of all, you, I thought you made music, nigga. Why is all your money in a fucking restaurant? And also, What's going on here? Aren't you a deadbeat dad? So why are you now? Because I remember Christina Milian saying she had to raise her child alone. So Also like, Nivea, right? Yep, both of them. They said they had to raise their kids alone. So it's like... So don't try to just use your don't kids Don't capitalize as, off your yeah, kids. Yeah, don't capitalize off your kids. Don't. Like I said, that fucking donut head ass nigga. And I still am mad at him for when he had that show with Rick Ross and that dark skin girl remixed the fuck out of, uh, I think it was Aston Martin music. Yeah. And then that other girl who was shaped like a casket got up <laughs> and she was singing and she sounded terrible. But because she was like surged up and light skin, <laughs> they said she was better. So she it was, was like, you know what, better. Dream? You're a fucking nightmare. And I can give a <laughs> fuck about what you have to say. Definitely a joke at this point. I could give a fuck he's about been what a, the dream he's been has a to joke, say. Honestly. Then you got 
Shekinah or Shekinah? Shekinah. Shekinah Humpty Dumpty ass. Crying over Gucci. Crying over Gucci. Crying crying over the fucking Lennox Mall. Are you kidding me? You know damn well you can't even fit a fanny pack from Gucci, so stop. Exactly, and also that is the number one store that you would be followed around in. Yeah, like, girl, Gucci ain't did nothing to y'all. Atlanta police ain't done nothing to y'all. Like, they may not have done nothing to you, but they have absolutely, I'm willing to bet in every major city, there is a police brutality issue. Yeah. There is, there's, there's a reason why they call them the ops. <laughs> like, they don't believe that they're on the same side. And you can't assume that everybody's making that up because they're not. They're just exactly. not. Like, are you fucking off your rocker? <laughs> she definitely is off her shit. And just a quick run through, because I'm not trying to spend too much time, but we got to talk at least about, like, Virgil. Because that was the most trifling. That was the most bizarre shit I've ever seen. That so, was the first most of all, trifling thing ever. So, um, I really like, like, it's certain parts of, like, quote-unquote streetwear culture and stuff I like. So, Sean Witherspoon is a... a um, he is a street... Somebody in streetwear... That he did like a collaboration with Nike. It was a huge deal. Right. Um, and he has a few vintage stores. He first of all, what he does is I can fucking do that shit. He <laughs> he goes to Goodwill and like or like thrift warehouses and stuff, and like picks out. Is somebody arguing outside? Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> but um. Yeah, he picks out clothes and shit and then resells them in his shops. So he has a shop in Virginia and he has a shop in L.A. And I, I forgot, I think New York, too. Um, so his Virginia shop and his L.A. shop in L.A. got fucked up. He just posted the pictures and, like, with broken hearts, like, damn, whatever. Virgil Abuho, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Virgil. Virgil mm-hmm. of Off-White, who fucking is notoriously known for stealing from black children, um, y- young black designers. Um, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> it's another sunken place. It's another sunken place. He went off on, before he even said like Black Lives Matter or anything, like he went off. First of all, Sean Witherspoon literally was like, uh, uh, like he was like he was just he was just like you know naturally like damn that's that's you know kind of collateral damage that's, and he I literally didn't it. care like he was like it's, he because like before that he posted like you know the Black Lives Matter and stuff because he knows that that's most of his clientele he um and that's where he got his style from quite frankly period but um he was just like somebody commented like you know I'm sorry what happened to your shop and he's like basically like this can be replaced but the black lives can't like he didn't really care that much but fucking the only Virgil went on a tirade on Instagram it was like Sean has put blood sweat sorry it's, sorry, getting, it's getting weird outside yeah uh, this is crazy we hear like all this noise and we like what is that yeah. <laughs> just okay. a little bit of information they have been blowing up atms around the city like strapping dynamite to them yeah allegedly well i saw well yeah they, i did see a video and one guy killed himself trying to do yeah, it. yeah somebody 24 years old that's a shame bro come on now that was a bad joint like, i can't even say nothing about that you did it like yeah you gotta be careful out here like yes this is the revolution but it's not the you know yeah, the revolution for dummies like yeah, you gotta really definitely not the collateral i'm sorry bro i'm sorry 
Anyway, he said that he he put blood, sweat, and tears into streetwear. Streetwear is a culture. How dare you guys do this? Blah, blah, blah. He has done this for us. He has done that. All that nigga did was go to fucking Goodwill, buy a dollar shirt, and sell it for $80. <laughs> and create some fucking cool-ass quilted Air Max. Child, that, you know I don't know nothing about these people because so, I'm not into that streetwear culture, but I do. I believe unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, I, I am on the surface into it. <laughs> You're like one on one. So that's all the fuck he has done. He is a fucking the one of the widest people I've ever seen. Um, Sean Witherspoon. It's it's spelled weird. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but um, I can't believe that he went on a tirade going for to bat for. Uh, uh, allegedly, he is a trust fund baby. I can definitely believe that. Shop that resells a dollar Goodwill shirts for eighty five dollars. Like, Talking bro, about blood, sweat, and tears. Like mm-hmm. capitalism is a fucking disease. It really is. Yeah, and did you hear about him like screenshotting the fact that he donated fifty dollars? He donated fifty dollars. Bro, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't have even, like, screenshotted that because I'm like, this is is all I got, you know? And, like, $50 for a person like me is probably a little bit more on the generous side, but I'm I'm not about to flex $50. I have gone into my savings account twice Mm -hmm. to donate money because right now I realize that I'm somebody, uh, even though, you know, the cops can still snipe my black ass, I'm somebody that right now I'm privileged. Right. And I have donated more money than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I was going ham. Definitely only getting retweets right now <laughs> until I re-up. That's besides the point. Yeah. But he really was, he was like, it was a donation chain. I just was like matching. Like, cause like people was doing it. They was like, can you, cause like me, like um for, cause first of all, I'm like, no, this is fucking Philly. I could do it. Let me fucking donate the most I can for right. fuck my fucking city. And, um, I would just ask people to, if, if you can match me, if you can exceed me, or if you can't, that's fine. Just yeah. donate what you can. If, for instance, some people, like, I'll retweet something from somebody that, like, they retweeted, I mean, they um donated, like, $35, and I'm like, oh, then I'll donate 50 Like, mm-hmm. I'll just keep it going, go higher, right, right, right. because I can. Nigga, you wasn't supposed to just donate fifty dollars. You supposed to donate more. You know and you if you donated care. it, don't you screenshot it. Just just keep going. Or the follow up could have been like, yeah, y'all, that was at fifty. But what I actually donated, I'm sorry, correct the me if I'm wrong. We, I'm waiting for that. He did. He did post it, and he did this whole notes thing. Virgil, you corny as fuck. How about that? He's fucking corny. I don't give a fuck. Um, the fact mm-hmm. that we had to bully and him. America had to bully him. Black America. We had to bully him into posting that. J. Cole would never. J. Cole would never. Sorry, they having a full-on argument. I'm like, yo, can y'all, like, chill out with domestic disputes until we done with the country? Like, I, don't, I hate to be a hotel, but we can't fight with each other right now. <laughs> we really can't fight with each other. I'm not supposed to be screaming. <laughs> they really going in. All I hear is, fuck you got an attitude for Jesus Christ, like... But anyway... Who yells? Anyway, um, <laughs> let's just... Like, we talked about some of the, like, uh, celebrities who were just, like, not showing the fuck up the way they should have or just acting a whole damn ass. Also, like, how are you going to profit over black culture and, 
Like, just act the fool like that. Like, I, people who are not aware of who their audience is is so fucking annoying. Like, it is people... First of all, I, um... I'm ashamed. I was going to get, like, something. I, I don't know. I was going to get, like, off-white sandals or something like that. Because I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to treat myself, whatever. But. I'm sorry, guys. It's just, like, so much noise yeah, happening. Yeah, so much chaos outside right now. Sound like firecrackers. I think it is firecrackers. I mean, you guys are getting the real, like, deal of what's happening, like, because our city has been super turned to fuck up. Yeah, it really has. So, how are you just not aware that your your um audience are, like, a lot of people who are... Oh, whoa, I don't even get scared like that. I don't know why Eric scared me. <laughs> but um, how you are not aware that your audience is, like, either, you know... Black kids that are, like, or black people that are, like, trying to make some ends meet or, like, you know, saving up for some type of, um, you know, designer piece. And they're like, oh, let me show off with, like, some off-white stuff. And also, you are a black designer. Like, it is not, I mean, it's it's not as many black designers out there as I want. And not on his level And either. not on his level, but at the very core, he is a thief. He is a thief. Let's and, not forget that. And he and he he never really showed anything that showed that he was for the culture anyway. He didn't. He, we just assume that black people who we celebrate are. And I think that's another major lesson we need to walk out of here with. Don't you assume anybody is for the culture unless they show you they're for the culture. Exactly. And even then they could fuck you over. But you at least like, people like, can uh, forgive them a cause, little. Because people like, oh my gosh, Brianna, like her, uh, with the Fenty, oh my gosh, she charging $300. For glasses. I'm like, all right, I'm cool with it. She for the culture. Yeah, and absolutely. She's- I have spent fucking that much on fucking Mew Mew slash Prada glasses and everybody that's love fashion. No, Muka uh, Prada does not put black people in their show. Right, right. So, so it's like, why can't you do it for a black woman? Yeah. Same thing with, like, Tom Ford. Every ad I, like, I got a pair of glasses, never seen a black person in the ad for their glasses. So it's like, now, why can't you, can you not rationalize it? Or you could take your ads to ASOS and get yourself some, the same, the same shape glasses, a cheaper quality if you're into that fast fashion. But if not, then <laughs> open your purse. Like, that's just the end of it. Exactly. Um, But, yeah, I, I just, I'm fucking done. I'm also done with these fucking companies. Like, a few years ago, Again, like I said, when I was working for a corporation, like I didn't even feel comfortable like letting people follow me on social media because I knew like the stuff that I was turning up about, the things that I was talking about, and I'm like, ah, they're not going to accept me. And honestly, um, I would never have expected it to be so normal that like companies are like posting something like it is right now. If you haven't said anything, it is irresponsible and you're letting people know where you stand. Yeah. Cause I have unfollowed so many people in so many companies, so many companies because you got, uh, you got Nike out here talking about something. Just don't do it. Never in my fucking days that I thought my Nike would say don't do it. We got brands like like the makeup, the makeup line. Like they're being they're being bullied by us because they know if they don't say anything, they will get attacked. So I can't even trust that people are. There's only a few companies I can trust that what they're saying is real. But like someone else said, we need action, not ads. Okay, Hello? I don't give a fuck about your black and white. You matter, post. I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Open your fucking purse. Open your purse. Mobilize. Other than that, 
like I said, you're getting a participation point when you put something up there. Thank you for for letting me know you're not scared of losing your white customers. That's all you did. But until you get down to the nitty gritty, we have given ten thousand dollars to the tax Floyd to until you start talking that action. I will not respect you. And there's so much proof that companies are using this as just a PR stunt because look at L'Oreal. Like L'Oreal literally dropped a black trans woman and model uh, for speaking. She is black, right? I Mm -hmm. just kind of assumed that. Okay, cool. For speaking up about uh, police brutality and white supremacy. I'm sorry, what's her name? Monroe... uh I have it here. Heard off. Yes. Like, so how how is it that when she spoke up, not only did you fire her, made her lose her coin, you threw her to the fucking wolves and had her defending herself on social media, and y'all were like, we do not support what she got to say. Only to fast forward to a few years later, and now y'all just, y'all fucking, uh, the Black Panthers and L'Oreal? Like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Like, y'all, like, you know, like, anybody knows how hard it is to get a job as a trans woman, especially a black trans woman. And she had, that was, that's such a big deal. And I know that was such a good coin. And they did that to her, putting her, at that point, they are putting her life in danger. Yeah, seriously. But now, like, they don't even address that. They don't, like, it could have been a true learning moment. Like, hey, in the past, we weren't always understanding. They should have talked to her before they even let that ad drop and be like, sis, we want to rehire. We want to sort this out. Don't just go and, like, this is how you know that y'all posting this shit, but y'all don't have no black people on the PR team. Y'all and also, don't. Y'all really don't. It's very, like, it's, um, it's like a dissociation. Like, people are, like, you're saying one thing and you're doing another thing and it's like it's not adding up. NFL. How y'all gonna tweet about it when y'all fucking fire, fired Colin Kaepernick fucked up his football career because he was protesting peacefully. Another example of how you could do things peacefully and people are still gonna have a problem because they don't want you to talk, period. And now everybody wanna be on Colin Kaepernick dick. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. Like y'all, y'all should, how did you not think if we say this, people are going to think about Colin Kaepernick. We ain't forget, bitch. Like it was a few months ago. Like we're he's it's, it's still happening. It's still actually happening. It's still happening. It's still, but I mean, like the outrage has been quiet for a few months because of COVID. But at the end of the day, like nobody has forgotten what what's going on with him. Like, nobody's forgotten. It's just insane to me. So, like, yeah, just fuck all these companies. Like, we can feel when it's genuine, when it's not. We can feel that because at this... Because honestly, day, the work, only person I really felt like it was genuine was Lush because they always be with the shit. Ben and Jerry's. Oh, Ben and Jerry's and Lush, honestly. And I, I, I like what Netflix had to say. Like, I felt like theirs was it. real. And I also feel like Netflix is making a solid attempt to put out a lot of black content while I wish they would diversify it because I don't like that a lot of their black content is like, they're white people it's like that's fine but at some point we all want different types of contents like give us some insecure type shit like give us something that's not funny like give us something that's like drama but like i said i know that they they have the whole like youth um oh my god i'm stupid they have the whole (laughs) netflix black leads page yeah where they talk about like these black roles and just kind of like bringing back black movies to put on so i trusted that as well but there's a few um companies but you know as we kind of like close we have to think to ourselves like how are we feeling as individuals and like 
if you're listening, stop and take a moment because this, like, this is crazy. This is surreal. And ask yourself, like, how am I doing? Like, locate your feelings. Locate the intensity. Take some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask ourselves, like, right now, like, Sabrina, how are you feeling? Like, as I kept on saying, right now, I'm definitely good. Um, but that kind of scares me. I don't want to be, like, in a state where I'm good. I want to feel almost, like, kind of everything. Like, sometimes I'm, like, in and out of, like, how I feel. But right now, I'm, like, at a, like, you know, like, I feel good. Mainly because I feel like I have to be a voice for maybe some people who are, you know, like, a lot of my friends have made their accounts private right now. Or they, like, are not posting, like, their faces on, like, you know, um, social media and they want a message and stuff and I just feel like I need to be at a certain level for them because they are the people that are on the front lines right now and um, they need to get messages out there with because they're already risking you know their physical self um, I need to risk something with them yeah that's real um, I definitely feel like I am in a dream I, I have felt like I've been in a dream ever since like Friday night. Like this just sense of like I can't even I can't believe this is happening. I know that it needed to happen, but I just wish we didn't have to get here. I feel very uneasy because I don't trust the police. I don't trust this president. I don't trust these white supremacists. We have, you know, seen them escalate. We are hearing them talk about killing people and doing this and doing that. So I just don't want anything harmful to happen in masses because there is no reasoning with these people. And like seeing how they act on camera, up close during these protests, has just really, really brought home the point I always thought is that these people are fucking evil. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. And they hate us. They hate us. And you want to believe that there will be some laws or something to protect people. No, no, no. The, like, they can't, like, just mass kill people. It has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. It has absolutely happened in the past. Like, I don't necessarily, like, uh, I don't know if you got, you seen the show, like, Waco? Have you seen it? No. So on Netflix, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it was a historical event, so most people probably know. But to see what the fucking FBI got away with, when what they did to Ruby Ridge and Waco and those were to white people to see what they got away with doing to white people. Historically speaking, I just don't feel safe. I feel very, very uneasy and I'm don't know what I'm going to be satisfied with to make us feel like, okay, we can kind of bring it in for now. But like we were reading like people, uh, rioted so much when MLK was uh, assassinated that six days later we had some, you know, we had something on paper saying that this is what we need to do moving forward. And you can argue that that hasn't done anything, but unfortunately, like it was just a, it was a, it was a step of progression for us. And because of those riots, we get the we get the life that we have now, which is and not picture perfect, but it's definitely better than what it would have been in the sixties. And it wasn't as many of them. As it wasn't as many as them. That's what. Dr. Cornel West was saying, like, back in the day, black men die, 20 people show up, and you'd be like, all right. So for him to see the masses and, like, all these different races, like, that shows a growth as, like, a humanity. Like, it's something we should be proud of. But, like, 
another question is like, what is it truly going to take for us to feel satisfied and safe with policing? Because the system is not broken. The system is absolutely working. People have said it. The only systems that were created with black people in mind are not college, are not TV, like jail. Jail was the only system that was uh, made with us in mind, and it was absolutely made to replace slavery because mm-hmm. they needed a way to kind of get us out of their lives. And that's that's they've been training us for prison and jail or death one way or the other. So for me, it's not enough about, like, how can we change this? How can we literally burn it down and restructure it again? What will that look like? And for me... That's going to look like psychological evaluations for these fucktards on the force Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are absolutely not right in the head. And it would take a simple conversation with a trained professional to really vet, not just let me just clear him to see if he okay, but vet to see what biases does this person already have? Because it is impossible. It is impossible to police people that you don't like. It is impossible to police people that you don't care for. It's impossible to police people that you were, you think are bad. So what people need to be doing is vetting to see what mindsets are around. Like, what, what mindsets are happening? What can I pull out for conversation? And how can we correct this? Mm-hmm. Because I have to have that happen at my job. And my nobody's figurative life is in my hand. Like, of course, the direction I give young people, their life's in my hand, but I don't have the ability to kill someone. Yet I have to do mandatory professional development trainings about social identity, whether I like it or not. I have to do it, and I have to have these conversations, and my coworkers will check me if I say something that doesn't align with the people that I serve. So why the fuck can't the cops do it? Because they're fucking lazy, and it's easier to shoot somebody. It's easier. It's easier. I don't know exactly, you know, what... I don't honestly know exactly what I want done to the police because right now my whole frame of mind is I want them abolished. But I know that um, we probably do need some sense of quote-unquote security, but it's very hard for me to see them in any way as any type of security. Um yeah. Because they don't, a lot of them don't do anything, and the only time they do get excited is when they are when they kill, or when they put in any effort is when you know when it's time to kill. Um, so um, beyond that, I don't know what I want right now. I want the police uh, force to be abolished. Period. I, and exactly, but it's like you know, the bottom line is there are murderers and robbers that it, there's crime that needs to be. Yeah, like, you know, there's crime, crime, and I can't fight it. So we do need people to fight it. We need those people to police and govern a society. But it needs to be like what we thought police were when we were kids. And like there was a moment in time where I. I tell people this all the time. Like, yes, I've had a few negative run-ins with the cops, but in my life personally, I don't think I've had any negative run-ins. And when I would watch, like, Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and police officers were just these friendly guys that just stopped the bad guys, we need to get that back in our mind. I want to see the same police force as white people. I want to see that. That's who I want to feel like I can actually that they can actually protect me. Because I fucking hated them ever since I was a kid. Like, when I was, like, maybe, like, eight or something like that, the fucking SWAT team busted into my grandma's house, and they had the wrong house. They kicked down our door. (sighs) 
for me, it wasn't until it wasn't until high school. And when we like when I was a kid and even now in my adult life, I tell people, honestly, every time I get pulled over by a cop, I have not had a negative experience so far. I had one guy that was a little bit weird, but I haven't had negative experience. But I know better enough to know that that doesn't discount the real the real shit that other people have gone through, including my father, including my cousins, my friends, and black people all over the country. And just because it didn't happen to me yet doesn't mean it could never happen to me. But the moment I realized that the police were fucking weird was when there was this fight in our school and, like, the SWAT team were being so extra. Like, remember? Yep. Like, they was like, everybody in your seats. And I'm like, bro. Everybody in here is, like, under 18. Yeah, they put, like, our whole school on lockdown. It was... Running through the hallways. Yeah. And it's like, you a fucking toolbox. Like, they just a bunch of diesel bitches. Like, a lot of people be showing up in these SWAT scene with all these muscles, and they just want to flex and scare kids. And there was one time there was a fight going on outside of uh, school, and I was, like, walking to the stop. And this one cop was like, yeah, keep walking. And I said something like, I'm going to walk regardless. Like, I wasn't... I didn't need you to tell me that, but that's when I started to see that, like, oh wow, like these, what, what I learned as a kid is not adding up to what's happening right now. So yeah, I'm, but I'm with you. I don't think that I have an absolute plan, but I think we need to get there because it's not enough to be angry. Like that's where that term mobilized comes in. Come in. It's like we need to start getting some policies down on paper. This is what we want across this country. How are you going to make it happen? This is what we need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. This is what we say. No no justice, no peace. This is what we need to feel some peace. Mm-hmm. So we need to get something tangible, but I don't think that anybody's going to have the answer right now during a pandemic and during a fucking uprising. Like, no one needs to have that plan, but it's just something to think about. Like, what would it look like if we could have what we want? And I think a lot of times we don't think about, sorry to ramble, we don't think about what we want because we don't believe we could ever get it. Yeah, because honestly, like, I'm think I was thinking about this even before it was like, you know, you put it as a question on the outline. I don't, I can't imagine living in harmony with police even after, like, I can't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that, you know, with that, I just don't know what that looks like. Like, I just can't even picture it. And also, like, I can't picture, like, you know, me, because I have, like, me personally, I know I have so much, like, anger and rage when it comes to race stuff especially because like you know when I was a kid my parents thought they were doing a good thing by sending me to a school that was Mm -hmm. quote-unquote more diverse which it had a lot of white kids and but what it did my parents you know they were doing what they felt was best because I was in a school the quote-unquote good school but that exposed me to racism earlier at a young age at like age six and that made you have funny feelings about yourself exactly too. it made me have funny feelings about myself it made me like you know self-hate it made me look at white women in a certain way because like honestly I, I know this is like you know about the police but like it's also you know about you white know, supremacy white supremacy but like i have this thing where i have all this anger you know specifically you know towards you know white women because the white girls when I was younger, how they treated me and I don't feel safe or I don't really trust them unless I know them. Like for instance, if I see a white girl with a black man, I, I I talked about this with one of uh, my other friends. She was like, I don't really like them unless I know them. Mm -hmm. And 
um, it's just like so much anger and I because like I have gone to therapy I've had a black therapist but um, we didn't get to touch on race you know that much because I felt so comfortable with him that I was like you know talking about other stuff but like when I have tried to see therapy like therapists before they have been white people mm-hmm. and I I can't express to them how I feel and I don't feel like they're going to get it. Right. So it's like so much anger, you know, mistrust. And I can't imagine living peacefully as a black woman. As sad as it sounds, I don't know what that looks like. I don't understand how that would feel. I don't, you know, not being on the edge because of white supremacy, because of cops. And I just am thirsty for it. Like I can't picture it, but I know I deserve it, and yeah, I'm very thirsty for it. I definitely want it, and I'm tired. Like that's a, I guess I'm just really tired of being outraged. I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired. I don't want to live my. That's taking up way too much space in my young life. It definitely. And I want to. I don't. I don't think that we. I'm ever gonna get to the point where I'm just not in my lifetime where I'm just fully treated equal. But I'm going to 100% speak that into existence because I never could imagine a global pandemic and that happened. So it's like, who knows what else can happen? And that's, I don't think that black people should give up on our peace. Like, no matter how hard it seems and how, like, untangible it is, like, we deserve peace. And we can't let white supremacy believe make us believe that we don't deserve it. So no matter how hard it is, like, you know, that has to always be the goal. And we just want to, like, end the show really quick uh, with some um, with some toast for us. We had some people that we just... Like, we, we talked about so much as heavy. Like, we want to end on an inspirational note. We want people to feel empowered by what's happening. We want you to be, we understand that you're tired, but now with, with all this momentum, it's not the time to, to we had enough rest during quarantine, most of us. So it's like, now is the time to kind of put our, our energy where it needs to go. And we just want to give a shout out to, uh, Tamika Mallory, uh, y'all may have heard her speech where she said, I don't give a damn about Target. The police have been looting the neighborhood. I don't give a damn about AutoZone. She just snapped. And it was one of the most eloquent, like, rate. This is historical. It, it will be sick. historical. We sit down and we watch, like, Malcolm X clips, and we watch Stokely Carmichael, and we watch MLK, and Tamika Mallory's speech will definitely sit alongside theirs. Exactly. That was part of what exhilarated me and made me be like, yeah, fuck Target. Fuck all these stores that now they not just cause they didn't do nothing don't mean that they didn't do nothing. Cause, <laughs> cause they didn't do nothing. <laughs> Period. Because if they didn't do nothing, they would do something. Exactly. So I'm like, oh my God, like points were made. Fuck Target. And Target was like, yeah, fuck us. Because they released a statement was like, yeah, hey guys, like it's okay. Like we stand with you. So like you know, I just, I just really appreciate her for like snapping the way she did. And there's nothing like how up when a black woman goes off, it is nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Roland Way, Roland Ray was on the fucking front lines. Okay? okay, Roland Ray was running his wheelchair into the police, and that, that is beyond me. It's no excuse. For no excuse. There's no excuse for anyone. And he was not scared. And absolutely, he had a case of water in the back. 
So just in case anybody needed a resource, yep. he was like, I have you guys covered. Mm-hmm. Love to hear it. Love to see it. So shouts to Roland Ray for just like taking, for kicking it. Because nobody would have been mad at Roland Ray or any person who is like, you know, you could really get hurt. So nobody would have been mad if, if you were like, if he decided to stay home. Yeah. Because he no. didn't feel safe. Yeah. Any of my friends uh, outside of just like anything physical, if you have a compromised immune system, anything, no one will be upset. No. But the fact that he chose to go out there and put his safety at risk like that, like Roland Ray is a fucking real one. He said, fuck it. Fuck I'm on one. it. I'm on one. Um, also, uh, just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who showed up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you showed up. As long if as you, you showed up and, and showed out. And you feel in your heart you did your best. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna be some of us that say, Well, did I do if you thinking, did I do my you didn't. If you're asking yourself, you didn't do your best, and it's okay, do more tomorrow mm-hmm. because this fight is not going to be over. And finally, we want to give a shout-out to our girls at Low Key Cozy, not just because they're speaking up right now too, but before all this went down, they took the time to um, – they took the time to interview Sabria and I during quarantine, and it was really, really just a pleasure it was, to have it was much to speak needed. with them. It was much needed, and that was one of the like highlights of my quarantine is just talking to my Canadian girlfriends. Like, wow, like we really doing shows with people in other countries. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and we're just gonna again. I keep saying we're gonna end with four things we love about being black because le- understand we may be tired, but ain't nobody ashamed of being black. We are proud to be black. Period. I rather I wouldn't want to be anything else. I love being a black ass. All right. Same. Let it be known. Period. You first. First of all, it took me a long time, but I absolutely love my hair. Mm-hmm. I love my skin. Mm-hmm. And I love the way, it, even though you know, I wish I tanned better. The way it glistens and all that. I also love having a black mother. Mm. I feel like nothing. It's like I can't imagine not. Um, it's nothing makes me feel better than you know having a mm. a, a black mom. I just feel so like privileged to have a black mom, especially during this time um, um, with the political climate. Um, also, I love the way um, black people smell. Yeah. Um, a lot of racists can't say the same thing about the way they, they smell. And that's, I, I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into and I'm it. I'm going to leave that right where I'm it is. Just, but I just love the way, you Some know. Some people be smelling like wet dogs, and you can figure out who. <laughs> you can figure out who. But... It ain't me. It ain't us. It ain't us. It isn't the niggers. It's not. And I just love, that's just something I had to realize. And I just was like, just the way that it's just some kind of smell that black people have. And like cocoa butter. It's like, well, not everybody, but. (laughs) But I know my ass smell like cocoa butter. (laughs) Yeah. I really appreciate it. I feel like fine people smell good. (laughs) No, that's not true. Because remember that one time, that one person you was talking to was so cute, but. They um oh child. they had doodoo brown <laughs> doodoo brown besides the point okay <laughs> all right sorry um he definitely smelled like shit but anyway uh is that your list yeah that's four I want to double down on what you said about the black mother I didn't <laughs> double think, down I'm gonna I'm gonna go back 
just want to take a U-turn and uh, go back to that. That's There's nothing better than having a black mother. And there's nothing for me better than the idea that I might be a black mother one day. Like, that, that is beyond me because I know the love and protection that I have is going to be unmatched. But, um... For me, what I love about blackness is, like, the resilience that I get from it. Like, I feel like I will never, ever quit because every time I look at, like, what we've gone through, I feel like, wow, we really moved past shit so quick. And just watching how, like, people are scheming, not scheming, but, like, how crafty they are. Like, how crafty people are with these bailouts. And I see this one girl, it's like, turn this YouTube video on and keep it running because the more views, the more ad dollars, and then these ad dollars will then fund black lives matter so I'm, I'm seeing all these things happen and I'm like wow I come from a resilient people and I'm resilient too of course I love the way we look I love the full lips I love the dark skin I love the broad noses I love the coils I love the way white nail polish contrast on our skin I love that we can wear any color I love our features like let's just get into it I love that I don't have to fear the sun sorry but like a lot of people do and I love that I love that when my hair can stand up on its own even if I do like a flip shake it like it don't move it grows up not down so that's just like me like you grow up not down so i'm just like not to not to get too like uh jill scott versus erica badu up in here (laughs) but that's just how i feel and then of course the humor because how is it that niggas are actually finding ways to make me laugh during this time? Like, I don't know if you guys Black seen people humor is unmatched. unmatched. Like, seeing the videos that they made of that woman in Target with the wheelchair calling her Gypsy Rose, <laughs> it's just, that was... Jennifer, the, that made me cackle for hours. They call her Gypsy Rose. And I just... There's a lot of problematic shit with that. <laughs> really problematic i'm not getting into if that lady can walk or not if she but jennifer was getting her ass beat all up and down the street <laughs> and I, black people just had a uh, they had a, a moment with it because it killed me when somebody said not the post game interview which is still <laughs> and what, what's that guy's name that be on like espn it's like steven what i know who you're talking about yes when they said that he that's how like undercover cops be looking that is so funny to me because undercover cops always got like wife beaters on in the head. It's like we know. <laughs> and a Bluetooth. They got like a Bluetooth in their ear. We like, bro. And it's I, like a Yankee fitter or a Philly fitter. Like yeah. whatever team is your home team, that's what they had. And it'd be wa- backwards. The wash of their jeans <laughs> is always really, really sketchy. Like it's not a dark wash or a light wash. It's like right in the middle because they don't wear jeans because they're not fucking human. <laughs> so their jeans are like the one pair it's of shitty. Mill. It's like Foreman Mill wash. They wide and they got like sneakers. You could just see the top of their sneakers because they're jeans bell out a little bit i don't know it's like when you randomize a sim yeah it's like when you it's like kevin federline (laughs) jeans like that's the cut and it's just like crazy to me that people can nail that so much and finally just the culture like you know i've seen people doing a wobble at protests like i've seen like that's all us a lot of what's fun and what's seasoned i'm on i'm almost willing to say most of what's fun and what's seasoned about this country comes from black people it's true we are the cultural epicenter of the united states and i love that we really are i really do so guys we have talked our asses off and i'm so proud that we hit so many layers because it was so overwhelming i was like i don't know if we can fit all this into one episode you know what your girls are naturals the girls yeah 
That's that's what we need. We need to just. That's another thing we love about being black is that, I guess I don't know. Is that I don't, <laughs> we love about being black that we could just talk a lot. Period. Make sense of that how you will. Also, before I want to say, um, before we truly, truly end, in is that, um, please, please, I know our listeners generally don't have a problem with this, but protect black trans women. Mm. They are at the front lines as well. Always. And their lives matter. All black lives matter, period. Protect black trans women. That's on period. That's on period. Because they showing up for us even when a lot of us don't show up for them. And that is amazing to me. So no, 100% stand behind that. And also guys, uh, next week is our third year anniversary. And happy birthday birthday to us and we can't tell you what next week's show is going to look like because we don't know what the country will we really don't we want to say we'll go back to normal but right now everybody's trying to redefine what normal is because you know I think Black or Brunch was perfect the way it was but at the end of the day we have to be present this is history this is not like oh this extracurricular thing is going on we have a pandemic uh, two 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 health crisis one involving uh a, a deadly like sickness and another one involving white people yeah. so we have to handle both of those things and we'll see what the show is but i can say i'm so happy i hope you guys love this episode please flood us on social media let us know how you feel let us know your thoughts let us know what you agree with check us we want it all we want to learn follow me on instagram at imamate and you can follow me on twitter at it's mate and sabria at frankenfem underscore on Twitter and it's frankenfem on Instagram. Follow us on Black Girl Brunch on Instagram, BLK Girl Brunch on Twitter, and hit up our emails. You know we love the letters. Let us know what you're experiencing. Let us know what you're feeling. We're here for you. Sabria got the emails on lockdown. We love you guys. Please, please, please stay safe. We out after curfew. Let us get us. We gonna we gonna have to go ahead in. Bye. Peace.